Actually, yeah. I, yeah, I actually and, pull that link up real quick. Uh, right, so, is, yeah, let me. Uh, also, make sure you mute it. Yo, so we're live. Yo, yeah. this is uh, 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 the Beat People podcast, episode 50. We got a uh, full house today. I want to welcome all our panelists and the crew and the fam. What's up, everybody? How's it going? How's it Yo, going? Um, so we'll go around and just uh, let everybody say what up. D still, what's going on, brother? Yo, yo, I'm chilling. You already know, man. Just uh, taking it easy. I'm trying to find this YouTube link because it's probably playing in the background. Real quick. Hold on. Word. Um, all good. I'll let you. Man, just you know, taking it easy. Uh, I just uh, celebrated my anniversary, so I'm chilling, happy. Bro. Happy still anniversary. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you already know how it is. Yeah. 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 Great. Congrats. Yeah. What's up, Ali? Nothing much, man. Just chilling. Uh, you know, getting the kids ready for school, all of that, you know. Yeah. But I've been uh, you know, still making a lot of music and stuff, but yeah, cooling. Dope. Um sh big shots on that on that t-shirt, man. Let everybody see that t-shirt. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um and I gotta say though, I'm a, uh for the longest time still was like you know philly beard and killing everything but <laughs> i feel like y'all gonna have to have a duel to the death about this. Nah, man, Ali, Ali wins, <laughs> nah, still got it yeah y'all beards is real dope <laughs> <laughs> like y'all man <clears throat> but chin's beard on the other hand it's Don't all on his feet <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. This thing, I, I got nothing to say right now about how I look or anything because I've been I've been like studio crammed for the last few days and I'm like I'm like drowning in deadlines and all that good stuff. So right now I'm good problems. To I have. smell ripe, but that's what the whiskey's for, right? So, oh man, well, that's what distance uh, uh, podcasting is for. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, bro, because you, because you, uh, you on camera, so yeah, no doubt. Yo, Aaron, what's going on, man? Afro hey, how's it going? Yeah, man, I'm out here. No doubt. Good yeah, this you, is bro. cool. This is like the uh, with the Brady Bunch kind of thing. Is it set up yeah. in the six squares? Yeah, it's yeah. It's funny because when right, when right, Ali right. got on, it almost felt like when I was introducing. <laughs> Oh, you guys to Ryan. It's like Ali was doing this. I know he's looking at his screen, <laughs> but it's like he's doing that. I tried to put my camera in a place where like I don't look like I'm looking at something else. Something else. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. you. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do I have this duck? Do I have yeah, this you duck have to have over my duck. face? Yeah, you have it. No, it's not. Oh, Why well, I gotta get stuck with the duck, man? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, seriously, is there a duck? Is there a duck right here? <laughs> there, no more. There duck. All right, there All you right, go. Hey, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No doubt, Excited. man. No doubt. So we got Ryan from Acid Rain Technologies. Um, we, I, I'm definitely a fan of the Switchblade. I'm looking at it over here because I'm kind of like Switchblade. Man, yeah, cool. I need to get one of those. Every, Aaron, Aaron gave me a whole speech the other day of how I need like five switchblades in my set. <laughs> yeah, he gave me that same speech too. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I'm a yeah. big, I'm a big, big fan of the switchblade. Um, actually, the last show that I did in Michigan, everybody was like, "How did you do that?" I was like, "It was a switchblade." Like, yeah. I was, I was literally able to create like, um, get three different patches out of one patch, and I was able to 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 immediately jump between them and create these dynamic. Uh, you know, variations in my patches just by yeah. having, I have to get some more. You're going to be in Chicago, right? Yeah. We're going to be at non right. yeah, yeah. I have to yeah. get a couple more. It's amazing. Do you mind talking a little bit about where you guys got the idea? For Corey, the add my, my screen so that they can see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the switchblade is our first module uh, we came out with. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, I give you the little like origin story. Uh, uh, my friend Michael, uh, who can't be on the podcast today, but um, he and I met on a bus in Seattle. Ridiculous! Like, hey man, does this go to Pulaski? You know, like nobody talks to each other on public transportation in Seattle. And so yeah, that's in Seattle. I know about that, man. Yeah. Totally, it's a weird place. <laughs> yeah, the Seattle freeze out there. Kind of real. It's kind of real. Yeah, it's real. Um, but yeah, and I just overheard him talking about Eurorack to his friend. And I was like, you know, you hear somebody talking about Eurorack on a bus. It's like yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, so we just started hanging out. Um, and uh, I'm a my background is in industrial design. So I've worked in the housewares industry. Uh, designing, developing, manufacturing products. And... Uh, his background's in um, software and electrical engineering. So a perfect combination. So And uh, yeah, so we just decided to give a module a try and wanted to start with something kind of straightforward like uh, a switch or some sort of utility module. And uh, something that I've always had uh, kind of a gripe with in Eurorack is the inability to like change your patch over yeah like yeah. even in the studio mm -hmm. i like to treat my modular as an instrument so i'm like mm -hmm. playing it into ableton and recording it mm -hmm. and like switching back and forth and trying to uh, change modulation change uh different different trigger streams sounds so i was kind of curious to see how we can like pack as much of that as possible into like 4hp um because I, uh, I also think, you know, uh, HP is valuable. That's why all of our modules right now are 4HP. Yeah. Um, I really think there's a lot you can do in 4HP and, and uh, a lot of kind of value you can pack into one uh, small ergonomic system that you can take with you. That's very dope. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a weird first module to... Uh, to release, <laughs> I think. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's impactful though because yeah. Uh, yeah. when I meet, they, so I've been all this year. My whole mission has been getting my live case together. Yeah, because uh, I started performing out live this year. It, it wasn't a thing before this year for me, and this is one of the, the things that kept coming up because as I'm sitting here thinking, or as I'm getting into what I could do, one there's a couple things that I keep wanting to jump into is the generative music. Yeah, and being able to switch up things and uh, provide a little more variety of, of variance 
in the, the, the compositions, <clears throat> you know, because I'm using a, a Groovebox plus a Eurorack live case. Right. And so I kind of go back and forth between these things and I need to be able to have some variance. And, and so this module came up a lot because of that. Because I mean, these guys, we, we talk a lot. All of us, we, we talk a lot about all of this stuff and the switchblade kept coming up. And when I finally yeah. got it, it solved some problems that I had been wanting to <laughs> wanting to do. I'll tell you this, my uh, favorite patch that I do with it, it's not just taking two sequences and switching things up. Um, but what I like to do is take two different clock speeds, I guess, or mm -hmm. time division, clock division. Yeah. yeah. And I'll put those in there. So one will be a, a, a 16th note, one will be an eighth note or a quarter note. And then uh, it's just the clock and it's going into, and I'll, I'll throw logic into, you know, to fire it off. So yeah. what happening, uh, I could have like an arc going and then once a logic hits a certain point, it'll switch the note to, to be in, you know, <clears throat> the time division to be in, you know, a quarter note from a 30 second note or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And it just kind of creates this cool kind of, you know, timing thing. Whereas before then, I was actually going into the Fluxus one on the track that I wanted to switch the, the time division on and I would turn the knob Man. accordingly. And I was asking um, Tenkai from from uh, Zeta on like, yo, can I modulate this? Can you make it where we can modulate this? Then I got the switchblade and it just worked out. And it, and it was actually a little better than just modulating it because adding logic into it created a whole yeah. different thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So right. yeah, man, good first module. Thank yeah, you. it's an amazing one. I also use it as like triggers for for triggering samples, drums, and things like that. So you can easily you can easily do that by just putting a, a positive, um, just a positive voltage into one side, and it'll just go from on to off. That's totally. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, and you know what it reminds me of? Um, you know, Moog was touring with uh, Keith Emerson's like big modular at one point, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but he was like he had like these kind of a switchblade esque kind of thing where he could change the entire well not the entire patch but um a lot of the patch with just like one button and mm -hmm. i found that to be really interesting especially for the time this is like because his is from like the 70s mm -hmm. um, so like as soon as as soon as i got the switchblade i was like in that zone switch just, sword excuse me yeah. Nothing. I was. I just said something really corny. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. I really love it. Um, I love the design too. I remember because um, I know Steel and I are are design snobs. So so I brought it up. I was like, wow, this is a cool. I love the font. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love the. Um, I love everything about the design. Who's the um? Who's the brains behind like the logo and the and the design? Yeah, that's, that's me. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah, dude, um, I'm such a font snob. There's some modules that are amazing that I won't even pick up. Right. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. I'm like, bro, this thing hurts my eyes looking at it. I can't. Like, oh, everything is Comic Sans on this. I can't, like, <laughs> Comic Sans. Find your friend who's a designer. Buy him a pizza. Change your module, yeah. But I love, yeah. I love that Ryan, that you guys thought about all of that, like yeah. um, the, the layout, the you know, the logo, 
um, it's just a beautiful module. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we want to see where we can take this brand and and kind of uh, maybe maybe outside of Eurorack eventually in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of uh, options out there for sure. So what's on the horizon? Is always the um, Eurorack is a nice starting place because you don't have to provide power supply. You know, there's yeah. there's shipping things that that Eurorack is a little bit easier with. So logistics wise, it's easier for you know, guys in their garage to kind of get started in, but yeah. at the same time, the use the install user base is far smaller than desktop exactly. and you know that sort of thing. Exactly. These are technically uh, legally classified as uh, electronics parts, so mm-hmm. they're not products. So we don't have to get FCC uh, oh, okay. certification and CE certification. Those are really expensive to do. Yeah, uh, for yeah. consumer electronics. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like Ken was saying, it's it's a fantastic place for people to start. No doubt, no doubt. Last time we 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 met, we were in Berlin. Yeah, you had a few products. Yeah, on the horizon. I'm gonna say that once you talk about what you got out there. Yeah, what? Yeah. what doing right now? now they're much much closer on the cool. horizon. So awesome. we got this one here, um, the chainsaw. Um, and the inspiration for this, um, you know, I really like super saws, um, not, not necessarily just for trance music or like where they're, where they're mostly known for, for being. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, a super saw is really just like a, a really, really high harmonic waveform. Mm-hmm. So you throw it through any filter and it gives you a lot to play with. Um, yeah. in terms of uh, something to chew, for a filter to chew on. Right. And um, I also think uh, polyphony in Eurorack and stereo mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. kind of uh, two major frontiers. Um, I, I, I first really got on board with polyphony uh, when I got a, a WMD architect and the triad module mm-hmm. goes next to it. It's so like easy to come up with chord sequences on that thing and uh you can put like random voltage into the triad input and generate like random chords but they're all in the same key and they all sound great i just find that to be like a super uh inspiring kind of composition tool so like random chord progression type of deal exactly and now there's a few other modules that do that um mm-hmm. you know uh, instro has one that generates chord cvs yeah, um, the harmonic I think. yeah, yeah I've, harmonic. Been, I've been looking into that that harmony yeah, I've been, yeah looking into that too but totally yeah. uh there's lots of modular ways to generate chord cvs too if you have like a multi-channel quantizer you can just generate like offsets and but the big problem with polyphonic eurorack is like the number of oscillators you have to dedicate yeah yeah that one part of your song or your track like whether it's like a pad in the background you know like 30 hp worth of oscillators and mixers together so yeah that's 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 really been a difficult spot for me that's why like when i when i went and bought the cubic chord v2 it was kind of a solution for me to to actually like be able to have some sort of polyphony or i just sample chords into my er301 for sure. And just- Monotimbral polyphony is like 
the bane of Eurorack users' existence. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So, um, so exactly what does it do now? Yeah, so the, the chainsaw has, uh, and I can put it up here again, and the, of course the, all the information is available on our website right now. Um, we've got uh, three volt per octave inputs, um, and each of those has like normalization detection. So when you put a cable into it, it activates um, that like cluster of oscillators. Oh, whoa. Each one of those is seven, uh, seven wave-shaped like saw to square oscillators. Oh. Um, so you can do a super saw or super square sound actually. Wow. Um, the super square is really cool. Um, it sounds kind of like that like big hollow UK dubstep. That's phase. what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I feel like I can get really Nintendo y with it too. For sure. Up in upper registers, it yeah. sounds like Cooney. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, it's really flexible. And then Super Saw sounds like a Super Saw, of course. You know, I got to check you're doing a good job of selling it because I'm kind of like in my mind right now, I'm jumping around like, ooh. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got four I mean, HP over there. I'm looking at four HP's worth of space right now that I could, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. all in space over here like, so, <laughs> so you have you have the um, the soul to square, and I see that uh -huh. it's a continuous knob there. So does it morph between the two? It does, yeah. Oh, so wow. you can morph right. between saw and square, CV controlled as well. That's dope. Um, and then we've got uh, the detune knob, so that goes from like no detuning. So mm -hmm. it's, it just sounds it sounds kind of like one waveform. It's a not quite, you know, they're slightly they're, drifted. They're slightly drifted in phase. Um, mm -hmm. But then you start turning that up, and it does that bloom of yeah. um, kind of really, uh, really um, I've been working on presets for a synthesizer lately that that does that has that in it because that's usually something that you don't see in so much a, a Eurorack thing, but in like a big digital synth or something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the the cool thing about that is is like when you start sweeping those detunes, you know, you can you can kind of go so far that it becomes you know inharmonic and and like dissonant and then yeah. you snap it back and it's mm -hmm. just that's a really cool effect to have so yeah. you're saying so, you get um seven seven waveforms per voice so there's three nice. voices so there's 21 yeah. oscillators pretty much on that thing exactly wow Jeez. that's really nice. yeah yeah, yeah. or is I'm it out of my room when that comes out Sorry, what was that? Said I'm yes. not coming out of my room when that comes out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, is, it, how, is it band limited oscillators or like like how are you handling like upper registers? Are like do they alias a lot? Or like how do you handle that? Yeah, um, Michael would be the one to talk to the really really technical specifics of that. We do use band limited um, filtering. Michael mm -hmm. spent <laughs> days and days and days and days on the anti aliasing. Um, code in there yeah. yeah i i just i know i know that world so that's why i'm asking yeah. i've been yeah. living in that world for a while i listened to like endless dog whistle screeches <laughs> from this thing to try to hear the aliasing and 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 uh kind of uh control it as best as we can so uh we do have it um have it for what we think is is quite clean at this point um it's kind of interesting because it's a super saw module. So when you when you play a super saw waveform up at like C7 or something like that, mm -hmm. 
it sounds kind of noisy because it's like you know really harmonic waveform yeah. uh, kind of uh, chewing things up up there but the um, uh, yeah in terms of aliasing I think we've we've really got into a place you'll have to hear it for yourself obviously um, play with it but got it into a place where it's uh, it's sounding really really good yeah it's really uh, cool man I'm excited about that and then also stereo so oh, they're kind of crazy thing um, since we got you know seven waveforms for voice we spread them across a stereo spectrum like like uh, one in the middle and then two a little bit panned two more panned further and then two more panned like hard left and hard right mm. uh, it still sounds fantastic in mono you can just use one of the outputs and it you still hear all seven waveforms just at a slightly different mix ratio. Um, but the stereo is really cool, um, especially with things like the QPOS coming out and the yeah. uh, stereo dipole. Um, all those stereo filters just create like wild soundscapes with this yeah. thing. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, could, I could see that being really dope with the stereo dipole. Yeah, for sure. Is there um is there a possibility so up top that's a that's a button right uh yeah well this is a, an encoder so um it's it is a button button encoder uh the left led is like semitone notes um and then the right led we, we're calling alt right now and right now we have that at um fine tune so just just kind of a a slow a slow uh, uh increment of tuning uh we're we're gonna maybe in a future firmware release uh think about doing some sort of other interesting feature on the alt mode um but if you press and hold the encoder for like two seconds the module will snap back to the tuning will go back to c1 so oh. if you're in like a live case situation you can just push and hold your chainsaw and be certain that it's at the um, the um, pitch that, like a root pitch, pitch that you can count on, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it'll remember tuning through power cycles too. That's if you want to cool. have a different, oh wow, tuning. The the thought that I was that I initially was thinking when I saw the left and right would be yeah. um, some sort of mode where you can dictate like what the stereo spread is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a good idea. And then the other crazy thing, just, just to pile on one more here, uh, this is kind of a flexible, like DSP module platform in a sense. Oh, yeah. that, like the, uh, these two bottom inputs are also like routed on the PCB to like uh, high resolution audio inputs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play around with like several other firmwares, like a uh, reverb, a delay, uh, you know, all right. kinds of like kind of interesting effects like that. So now that sort of stuff would be more like you would, would you release more of a different module, but use the same platform? We would do that. Um, it would have its own panel. Uh, we could mm -hmm. sell the panel separately. And then we have a, a, audio bootloader that's really easy to use to load firmware. So you wouldn't be opposed to people who had a chainsaw loading up a different firmware that you guys create and 
or, or are you saying because that, yeah. that's kind of uncommon right there that you I mean that's kind of like the 1010 bit bit box kind yeah. of like yeah. where you could switch yeah. the firmwares around and you know yeah. the way I see it is like you know if you don't buy buy a replacement panel from us it's going to be kind of hard to remember what the different features are that right. are for the other firmware that's not the yeah. channel. Um, so we'll sell panels uh, at an affordable price uh, right. to to repanel your unit if you want to just totally switch. But I, you know, I kind of see it as like you can demo our other modules on your module right. <laughs> before you buy. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, so. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's really really cool. I mean, yeah. if you're buying another one of the module, or if you buy a couple, and you could switch them around and have yeah. them how you however you want it in yeah. a different situation. If you were doing a live situation and you wanted, if you got three of those modules, you can load those three firmwares up different. And uh, you know, when you come home in the studio, you may need a different setup. And yeah, totally, pretty dope. Yeah, I can tell you, I already I, like so on that site. There is a um thing that says uh you know, to type in your email so that you can get notified. I yeah. already signed up for that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I, I, I dig that. I dig the whole idea of that and the, the mentality of, um, you know, trying to support it down the road is always, mm -hmm. is always good to me. And, and I fully agree with the idea that like, yeah, if you don't have a panel, it's like most of us want our, we want to know what we're doing with our modular. That's why we got into modules mm -hmm. you know, right. as opposed to trying to menu dive and like, Oh, I don't know where I am. And, you know, so right. I, I fully agree that, you know, even if you release different firmwares, people are going to want the panel or multiple modules. So it's right. a win-win. Yeah. We're hopefully make the firmwares cool enough that you're going to want to buy another unit to, which is dope. Yeah. 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 Cause it's four HP. I mean, I got a lot of big modules, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 4HP sounds good for, like, I mean, for all that you could do, and it's a stereo mo module, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's not it's not super deep either. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I mean, it's like 35 millimeters, I think, so okay, it'll fit dope. in most shallow skiffs. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah, if you ever seen the back of a Magneto, then... Magneto got that booty. Right. He said that, it's got that booty. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto's Magneto. like yeah, that g it gives you that same response. Like, God damn, the most over-engineered module ever. But you know, it's dope. Right. It's like, ah. Yeah, it's like, and I hate to say it because I love Magneto. It's obviously one of my most used modules. Same here, man. Kind of like somebody who has a fancy house, and you get in there and like, what in the whole hell? Why is all the walls knocked down in here? Yeah. Now it's like a salad with hella croutons in it. Yo, yo, Corey, it's like a salad with hella croutons in it. It's like, yo, like, come on, dog. Like, like, you could have done without all these croutons, man. Like, oh, uh, we also have one more little guy to show here. Um, this is a this is another like fun little utility module. Um, again, I'm all about live. You know, we're all about live performance uh, at Astrobrain Technology and uh, faders and like larger, more right. uh, hand friendly performance oh, yeah. are something I find kind of missing. And um, so we put together this guy, this navigator that has um, like a, a attenuator fader and a tenuverter 
Um, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's cool. So what's cool, and the, the manual that's online will explain this in, in kind of better than I can verbally, but it's got two inputs, one for each of the, like the one for the fader, one for the knob. Uh, they're both normal to five volts. Um, so you can use this as like a five volt reference and plus kit's five. only 49 bucks. The kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to, we are going to offer it in a, in a kit form where all the, the tiny SMD parts are fully populated by machine. All you got to do is, is, uh, solder on like some big faders and, and potentiometers and stuff. It's um, super four or six of those yeah i was thinking i'm like man i need like four in a row i'm ready to go yeah. uh that's er301 heaven right there exactly yeah the, the er301 was one of the biggest kind of inspirations for this module because uh you know that and and really uh honestly anything like i find this uh like a, using the fader to control filter cutoff instead of like the mm, smaller, yeah. totally different ergonomic situation and like you have way more kind of nuanced control over how you can flick it up and down with your finger um and then uh you can also use like you can patch um a a cv like a like a lfo or something into the uh attenuator input and you can then use the fader to attenuate it and then use the um the uh output of the attenuator fader and the attenuverter knob are mixed at the attenuverter output if you don't have anything like coming out of the attenuator output oh, wow okay so so basically if you just plug your output from the attenuverter output you can use this knob to like offset the cv so you mm. can wow. attenuate attenuvert offset and kind of move because uh, a lot of you know modules have CV inputs with no uh, no attenuverter or attenuator mm -hmm. knob, so mm -hmm. you can move your LFO right into the sweet spot of like where yeah. you want to modulate, um, mm. rather than kind of whipping. Yeah, yeah I would I would route my Batumi into that. Exactly. Just go, just go yeah. ham. Yeah, that's great. I will uh, I will admit one gripe. Sure. So you got switchblade chainsaw and then navigator like uh -huh. you should have been a nice a sharp edge i don't know if we, if we can keep doing the tool like the tool thing forever <laughs> just not run out of ideas. they're all they're all nice. you need to find one of the qvc knife sellers have him name all your modules <laughs> the deli meat slicer <laughs> oh something else we're we're experimenting with here too is um dual power headers so there's like one main power header here uh and then uh an auxiliary one where you can uh so we thought about like with people buying hopefully multiple of these mm -hmm. daisy chain power between them and not have to use up more sockets on your uh oh, oh that's cool that is like kind of cool very yeah, little cool. power it's it's what like, um yeah. what what yeah that's what i was just about to say like what about power usage like what kind of power usage are you seeing on these oh for this one it's like uh i'd, I'd have to look at the the uh manual again off the top of my head but it's like eight milliamps 
Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, that's, that's like non-issue. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. I mean, I need, cool yeah, yeah, I need I need at least four of those bare minimum. Yeah. I'm really thinking I need kind of like six or eight. Like that's and, really and nice. And you know what you should do? Get one of those four MS pods and build a I controller. I was just gonna say, yeah, those, build a controller with a bunch dope. of those. and that, that could be, be like so dope in the um, in the palette, the IntelliGel palette. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I think the palette is. I would. I, I would think it would be overkill for that. I think the the form because it's black. The four MS joints too. Like, yeah, they're very. Oh, they are. They have them in black. I haven't seen them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that's dope. Build a whole like controlling mix kind of yeah. yeah. thing. Oh, that's cool. I mean that that I would have like a row of four to six of those on my sequencer row. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, yeah, I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, for a 4HP module, this draws a lot of current (laughs) because it's a really, really powerful Mm -hmm. microcontroller. Mm -hmm. uh, Can I ask which which microcontroller's on it? Um, We're using uh, an STM32. Uh, I don't remember the exact module or uh, model number off the top of my head. uh, STM32F405. Okay, uh, it's a pretty common one in your rack. Yep. No, yeah, I'm I'm always just curious about that kind of yeah. stuff because it also helps us understand, like, oh, well, how how much room under the hood do they have to to play? Yeah. With, you know, yeah. and also, you know, like you were saying before about working really hard about the aliasing and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing, it it becomes, um, you know, if you're using like an AT Mega, it's like, well. This conversation doesn't need to happen, but if you're using something a little bit more powerful, it's like, oh, okay, well, there's work that can be done here. So totally, you know, it's always interesting to to hear what sort of processing power is there. It's always a balance between price and uh, absolutely, yeah, and how many cycles you have to deal with. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's that's interesting. I like the the the. Um, that you chose to do like 4HP modules. Is that kind of going to be the thing for the foreseeable future? Or is it just kind of like at this point, it just, it's the right thing to do for the, the modules that you're designing? Um, I think HP consciousness will always be a part of our uh, user interface kind of evaluation as we mm-hmm. go through new, new product design ideas. Um, I, I'm a, I, I love really compact, but still ergonomically considered modules. Like the, uh, I think noise engineering does an incredible job of that. Like on their Asimilis uh, uh, Ateritas and Manus Ateritas, it's like 10 knobs on those things. And it's yeah. no problem to get to them. Um, what the hell are you doing? And uh, this is the springs on my thing, my bad. I'm like, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize my mic was picking up. this. Yeah, over there making a horror movie. Oh, you <laughs> I'm messing with my Balconis. That's my ad for Balconis. That's that's the sample pack that I'm working on right now too. So, but I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. But I said it anyway. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Soundtrack. Um. And I guess so, the, yeah, like the next module we're working on is a drum. Um, it's going to be 10 HP because it's got a lot more controls. Uh, and that will have a, uh, a, a module at KnobCon to demo and, and show you guys. We had one at Superbooth, but it was in like a really, really, really early stage of, yeah. of, of yeah. 
development. Well, so, so you are going to have it at NobCon. Yeah, we're going to have one at NobCon. So um, we can check it out. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out. Are you guys? You guys are going to be selling um, the chainsaw there as well? Yes, barring any like disastrous, you know, I got to knock on wood, any kind of like production issues between okay. now and then, we're on schedule to have modules before NobCon and be bringing them and selling the Navigator and the Chainsaw and of course the Switchblade. Of course at, the Switchblade. At NobCon. Yeah. That's Very dope. Cool. That's super and we'll have them all, all patched up to demo. I'm going to just cool. send Corey and Aaron with money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I need, I need even, that in my life for real. Yeah, that's I'm really, really excited really cool. about the fact that um, the the 4HP sizes is, yeah. is just really acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, oftentimes when you're buying a module, if it, if it's a bit bigger in size, you have to really consider it. But 4HP, I'm just like, dude, I'll make it work. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The 4HP, it's a no brainer. Yeah, like, man, especially with all the functionality you pack in, and you, you know. I mean that that chainsaw is pretty powerful. That's yeah. what I want. Like, these guys have been preaching to me about uh, Switchblade for a while, mm -hmm. and I use I, I have other things that don't necessarily do it quite as efficiently, but I already mm -hmm. have them, so like I'm right. I'm using them. Um, you know, good modules, no doubt, but um, the the four HP size is really dope. But the yeah. chainsaw, there's nothing that I have that that will allow me to do that sort of thing anywhere close to that form factor. I don't think there's anything that has 21 oscillators in 4 <laughs> <laughs> No, no way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Else except A, but that's like... That's like Thanos. That's like, right. 40, that's like 40 HP or more. That's like, no, that's like, that's like 60 some odd HP. But no, that's that's really cool, man. Like, yeah, I'm hype about that thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really now. attracted to the Navigator too because for yeah. me... Ken knows, like, I'm always needing some sort of fader interface for my ER301. Well, the yeah. ER301 is, is like, it's like a uh, an idea man's playground. So it's mm -hmm. like we can build, like, these ideas that are in our head. But we need a way to control that, you know? And, and yeah. that, man, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect, yeah. dude. Up until now, it's been you either get a fader... Right. Or you get attenuators, but not so much combining the two, you know. Right. And man, that's so Ryan. When you all designed uh the navigator, was it because I know you're an ER 301 user, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, did that play kind of into the inspiration, the, the control that you wanted and needed? Yeah, um, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was using a lot of like um just offset modules, you know, just kind of having a lot of knobs. Um, and I found that, you know, like, uh, I was using like, uh, I have a couple IntelliGel quadrats, like the one, mm -hmm. one U guys, and yeah, those are fantastic. And they're great for things, great for things where you like set and forget it in a way. So you're kind of not touching it very often, but mm -hmm. I wanted something that was like down at the foot of the, or at the bottom row of the rack that you can have one hand on a sequencer maybe. And then, like one hand on a couple of faders, where you're, you know, really playing the, uh, the the rack. So, dope. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the inspiration for sure. Yeah, it's, that's that's pretty dope, man. Um, and so, I mean, if you're gonna be showing these at Nobcon, then you're pretty much ready for market with these. What is it, three? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll have 
the the chainsaw, the navigator, and the switchblade. Um, mm -hmm. The the navigator and the chainsaw. We we sh we're supposed to. I hopefully get um, our first shipment of from the production batch like late next week. Mm -hmm. So they'll be up on the site. We'll we'll add the stock and yeah, cool. nice. uh, yeah, cool. for anybody who's watching and, and all you guys, of course, as well, uh, send us that like email link like Ken just did um, to let us know you're interested and we'll we'll yeah. shoot an email out like do that. a okay. minute they're in stock and uh, Very cool. Are, are you are you still offering free domestic shipping? We are. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll to do that for sure. Very very cool. Yeah. So this has been like, how long has it been since you guys really started and and got this thing going? Yeah. Um, I want to say we started like hanging out early 2018 or something like that. Oh, so fresh. Um, maybe late 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really hasn't been that long. You hate each other or not yet? Because that's like that's really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I said, have you figured out if, if you've had enough time to decide if you hate each other yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going <laughs> really, really well. That's um, hilarious. It's, it's... When design decisions come into play, that's when that's when you start seeing. <laughs> right. Both of us have worked professionally in like product design environment mm -hmm. so nice. we're really used to kind of that process of of designing things and that's dope yeah yeah that's what's up so that's, what that's are you using in your rack because yeah what am i what am i using these days yeah like like what's your setup look like for for the type of music that you like to make well i've got uh the way i have it configured right now um and i can i guess I don't have a link super handy to share a modular grid or something, but I've got kind of a studio rack right now. Mm -hmm. That's a, a big like 104 HP uh, uh, 6U guy. And then that's a- same size as my rack. Yeah. And then a skiff, um, like an IntelliGel 104 HP uh, 4U uh, skiff in front of it. And the skiff has all the, uh, like, a, had like a Stilson hammer and a trigger riot. And uh, that noise engineering uh, confundo funcatus that mm, uh, pans in between two sets of four uh, trigger inputs. So you can do all sorts of probabilistic things. Um, so that's kind of like this the studio sequencing uh, mm. skiff. Um, and then I, in the in the upper rack, I have a bunch of just a whole bunch of stuff like a herb verb and. Uh, Qubit chants, rings, a uh, couple of Dixies, noise engineering, oscillators. Uh, so, yeah, a whole bunch of, and then a bunch of like a tip top uh, XOX drum modules too. It's yeah. always interesting to hear what people have in their rack because that kind yeah. of informs like, oh, okay, well, th this person's working in this way. So this is where these ideas are probably coming from. Right. Um, but I and, see the guitars on the wall behind uh, you. Yeah. Um, do you interface much with your your guitars to your rack at all, or do you tend to keep them separate, or what? I haven't blended them, but that's actually something that I really want to try. And uh, I've I, that's my main instrument is guitar, so um, I want to figure out like a a meaningful way for those two worlds to kind of come together. Maybe in a product idea too. So <laughs> well, that's why I'm always looking. I'm trying to observe yeah. what's going on. <laughs> So then I also have a 6U case 
uh, 6U, like 84 HP case, that's a live concept case. And that's a NerdSeq sequencer and an ER301. That's kind of the heart of it. And then uh, a couple filters like the uh, that random source VCFQ. I mean, any of you guys played with one of those? No. It is. Is amazing. that the? That's not the surge. The surge one, right? Yeah, the surge one. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. yeah the random yeah, yeah, source. Yeah. Random source. I, mean, I keep looking surge. at it. I haven't tried it yet, but I keep looking at that thing. It looks. It's really appealing. Try one in person. It's just. It's like. For me, at least, like by far the best filter I've ever heard. Like, what's the character on it? Is it warm? Is it like precise? It's it's pretty precise. It uses a uh, Fat Corp uh, VCA chips in the back, like mm. really high end VCAs. Um, it's very uh, like Mankato does something similar to that. I think it's it's VCA core like that. Yeah, yeah. This one's a VCA core. Um, it's this is it gets into really kind of like woo woo territory, but it's like very alive sounding. It mm -hmm. sounds like if you put, I like putting really sharp uh, envelopes into it, and then kind of kind of keeping the the FM depth very low, so you're creating almost kick drum like drum sounding mm -hmm. kind of high resonance sounds, but with a you know an actual sequence going through it, and it just the knock of it is like. Oh, I gotta check like that out. You're speaking, you're speaking my language right now. So yeah. long, and, yeah. and I haven't been around anybody who has one. And I honestly, I've been at maybe like one trade show where it was there, and I didn't even have time to play with it. Which, to be perfectly frank, rarely do I enjoy playing with modules at trade shows. Knobcon's a little different because mm. it's way more it's like homey and like you have. It's it, it's not like Nam. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that's a little bit different, but that's one of the modules. Um, really, that whole line of modules looks really interesting to me. You know, if you're a design snob, the Surge VC <laughs> or random source modules are like gorgeous. The oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, I, yeah, I definitely know that because I I spend yeah. time looking at them, and I'm just yeah. I always kind of wanted like a nice paper face, just because right. I don't even care. It just looks so good. You know, yeah. they're yeah. super dope. Yeah. Well, now I we'll have, it. We'll have it the next filter I got to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Acid Rain's definitely going to do a filter at some point. We're trying to figure out like our stereo filter because we got to have one with the chainsaw. Yeah, you guys I was doing glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about that once you said that the, the chainsaw is stereo. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of the mo uh, uh, filter modules, QPass and, <clears throat> and stereo dipole. So yeah, that's that's a good next step. That's a uh, I could easily see that being a good pairing and a popular pairing. And absolutely. So you guys are you, would I would assume you guys would be thinking more along the lines of a DSP filter or analog. I don't know really. I mean, I'm I'm a big analog filter fan. So I I really think that's one of the things that analog does the absolute best you know there's so many simple circuits that just sound incredible in analog and you can model them in, in dsp and it takes a expensive microcontroller and you know all sorts of <laughs> crazy anti-aliasing stuff to to make it actually sound good um so you kind of might as well do it in analog in a way hmm. uh, we've, we've talked about talked about doing like a digitally controlled analog filter so you have like a really 
simple microcontroller on there, adjusting like uh, like VCA filters. Uh, this gets kind of kind of geeky and technical here, but you're adjusting like the um, four poles of the VCA, yep. and that creates like a high pass or a low pass or a band pass. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a blend of those. Uh, those four poles yeah. are one of those weird places where it's like you would think that everything that can be done has been done, but right. really so. Because right. There, there's still a lot of interesting places to take it. Totally. Uh, you know, there's still I, me personally, like I totally agree with you as far as analog filters. I love analog, but there's also a lot of type of filtering in the digital realm that right. you don't see very often. So, like we've we've had a few, like the Grendel vocal filter. Right. Uh, you know, Dave Rossum did his uh, Z-plane morphing filter, which is amazing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it's interesting to me, like when you have somebody who has a strong background in DSP and has a strong background in analog, like you said, I love seeing the two blended because right. there's just so many possibilities on that front that really have not been fully realized yet. You know, totally, totally. Yeah, so we'll we keep 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 experimenting and keep asking people about the filters they like to use and uh, figuring things out. And uh, we're we're gonna try to get a little heavier into beta testing in the future too. Um, kind of link, linking up with raise my hand. Yeah, for for <laughs> sure, all you guys, and uh, try to get more feedback on what we're doing as as our modules get a little more complicated in the future. I think things are gonna gonna probably ramp up for us. Yeah. Do you do you guys see the um the benefit of the complete system sales? You know, because I've talked to a lot of ma module manufacturers, and they tend to all say that basically they work towards building out a complete system because com complete system sales tend to like that's a whole nother skew. Right. Well, it's a huge sale. Yeah. Like like mm -hmm. the it is, it is. huge cart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's often like you know, it's direct from the uh, manufacturer. So mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a, a, a really high margin, great, great uh, conversation to have with a consumer too. So it, it, I would see that as like, obviously like a, there's things that you guys are going to want to do in the meantime, but that's sure. like a milestone goal to get towards, you know? It always yeah. seems like that's what all the uh, brands are working towards, right? Yeah. So, I'm saying all this for Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. In case you don't know, it's a common thing on the show that Aaron has. What, what what's it called? Interbrand. Interbrand. <laughs> yeah, he can't mix brands. Yeah. <laughs> he, he likes to buy entire module types no, like, and then like not the mix the cases. Yeah, yeah, I see him sweat when he has like a, a maths and like he has to patch that into like like I like to call gel. it bougie. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have our our we have our oscillator, our chainsaw. Uh, we got our uh, drum coming out. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, uh, some point like early next year mm -hmm. um, after some beta testing. So, sound source wise, then we got some controls. Obviously, you know, sequencing is. It's on the horizon. Sequencers are really complicated to design. Yeah. And there's a we, lot. We, of... <laughs> so we've been here. Yeah. yeah we, we, that's something that we talk about all the time. Yeah. Because I'm a, you know, that's particularly my struggle because I'm a drummer. Right. So for me, sequencers have to have certain things. Right. 
if, or if not, it won't feel like music. It'll feel like a specific type of music, but it won't feel like, like, oh, I can make this match up with how I play. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's always been the difficult part. Even with all the sequencers that are out right now, the platforms seem very, um, they seem very uh, locked up, I guess, right. as far as expression. One one thing that I've been yeah. really interested in is, uh, and I always tell the guys about, I'm waiting for this drum machine to come out, the Pulsar from Soma, because oh, yeah. that thing feels like it moves like an alien, mm. like <laughs> the way the way that it sequences and and just oh, man, it's so nuts. So. Uh, have 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 you ever thought about so every time I hear about drum voices, um, I think about two things in my rack. I think about like uh, analog drum voice, and also think about envelopes. So like the Zadar. So yeah. there was like a uh, module that the drum you can shape a drum, right? But then the output is also an envelope. So oh, like, yeah. So it's almost like you shape your drum. Your kick but then drum. that envelope can control something else. Because then that envelope can control something else. So it's almost like a dual output drum so you can voice. Use it in, it's a dual function. As yeah. a dual function. So it's like, oh, my kick drum is shaped, you know, exponentially. Mm -hmm. So that is also outputting. outputting I think about that all the envelope. time too, man. You're so right. And I'm just like, man, I want to get more out of this drum module because mm -hmm. I can basically have like a drum and like a Zadar in one. Because so much of drum synthesis is getting that sound shape exactly how you want right. it. That's yeah, because yeah. now you can send that same shape into the filter that mm -hmm. you're sending your drum sound through and give it that extra, like, you know. You see it? You see it dripping out of, out of his mouth right oh, there, like right out God. the corner. It's gold coming right out of his mouth right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about some things like that for sure. Um, we're also that reminds me of like I have a the SSF entity. Oh, I want oh, that. Man, I want that thing, this. man. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's got a. It reminded me of they have a duck output on it. Mm -hmm. Um, remind me of the duck in the corner again. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Notice how Aaron moved away from the. Listen, duck don't mention that too much, or else we're gonna end up having to pay the monthly bill to get rid of it and have our own logo up, and we don't want to do that. So. Just embrace the duck. We've got enough. Embrace got, the duck. There, there's enough sneaky subscriptions, auto pay yeah, stuff right. going on in everyone's lives. <laughs> I love how the, I, lo I love how the design is conveniently like right over my modular, so it's yeah. like yeah. It's the right way. That's pretty cool. Framing yeah. it. <laughs> but anyhow, the entity has a like a offset and inverted output that plays a in. So it's 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 kept high at positive five volts and then it plays a inverted version of the drum envelope every time oh, that's cool Whoa. Like PCA and like duck other sounds under your drum yeah see that you just yeah. sold that thing to me man yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow this this podcast is costing me so much money. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a oh. shuttle control that the wife doesn't know about, so we need to stop. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's man. awesome. No, no, small boxes really don't cool cause though. ruckus. Yeah. Way. So what we're thinking about with our drum module, the the main concept is like uh, 
then I have to, sh I will have one at KnobCon and, and take some video of it. And Are you allowed to speak about this? We're not going to get you in trouble. No, no, this is fine. We've already shown this somewhat at Superbooth as well. Okay. But um, and we try to be, that's one thing Michael and I have talked about is just being like super open with our mm -hmm. development. I think. Well, the Eurorack community is a little bit different as far as that stuff is concerned. So like you, you'll look at certain companies. I think the trend lately has been to show things way before they ever used to be shown right? right and there's good reasons for that and then there's nefarious reasons for that as well right. um totally. but the the problem is is i don't necessarily think all the public has fully caught up on on what the speed of that means like when someone says in development mm -hmm. that could mean four years down the road you totally. know yeah and yeah. I, I i see that happening more often like people are like oh well why didn't this come out yet and you're like Dude, it was announced in development like 18 months ago. Are you serious? Right. You also know that the, the consumers are they feel entitled once you share well, information. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna well, say. It's like because of the, customers the for now, Eurorack mm -hmm. guys for now are still more of the nerdy niche group, you know, mm -hmm. like ourselves, where we're like really up on stuff and we're kind of like on that bleeding edge all the time. But it's it's cusping over into the mainstream, and the mainstream people don't get that. So mm. it, it's kind of a balancing act if you're a company to say, well, how open do we want to be versus like how much do we want to keep quiet so that they're not blowing up our inbox? Yeah. Saying, oh, you guys are doing vaporware and blah blah blah. Right. You're yeah. Like you don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. Sit down. Yeah. Oh, totally. you, and you already know, you know, the person, the person on the other side of the keyboard swears they know everything. They do though. And it's just like, bro, like they know it all. Like, oh. it's a matter of what you're used to as a consumer, too, right? But even though it's a very niche market, the the idea is when you're dealing with any other market, any other uh products, uh, any other brands, when it's announced, it's gonna be out. Right. But when you're dealing with Eurorack, it's small companies. It's two mm -hmm. guys, one guy. It's husband and wife. It's you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's initially a lot of times it's the side hustle, the the dream that they're working to make and become the thing that they do for a living. And so that has a different speed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and and people don't. I think the, to to Ken's to, to 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 Ken's point earlier is that they don't quite realize that like they haven't caught up to that idea. Like yeah. it's like no, you're a company. You make products. You said you're gonna have it. Where the hell is it? Or else, you know what I mean. But when you were dealing with smaller, more indie companies, that thing takes time. It's a different time uh, frame and and. Universe on that same that kind of note, stuff. not to completely hijack it, but I just did, I did that reminded me of one small thing. So about the sequencer thing that you were talking about, yeah, that's something that Steele brought up to me a while ago, and it's a really valid point. I think no, actually, it was Aaron. Aaron, you were the one wishing death on people, right? Oh yeah, he was. No, it does like so. A sequencer oh, no, is no, a no, really, I didn't, no, I, it's very specific. I didn't say I was wishing death on people. Like no, I know. Like, I'm joking. I'm joking. But explain that point. He was hanging. No, I don't, don't want to. <laughs> you already know the point. You already know it. Yeah, but they don't know. I'm. I'm saying like we have our conversations. I want other people to hear what your thoughts are. Because <laughs> it's a valid to... point. No, that you have to watch out with these small companies. Because if it's just a couple people, you know, you could get stuck with a brick. 
if yeah. if one of the guys dies. And and, and that's and it's always the death, though. That's the funny thing. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so to, to further elaborate on that, my, po- Aaron, my point Aaron to that. Is like, that's a cool product, but this son of a bitch is going to die. <laughs> no, no, I always check it out. You know, Yo, like, can, can, can um, Aaron will go up to them and now come like, hey, man, you eating your salads? Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, let me see your blood pressure real quick. I don't, I don't want you the support do the number. Check, I don't want the tech support number. I want your wife's number so we we can make yeah. exercise and keep it in good health. To me, it's a point Aaron, in that Aaron, when, I see somebody, when I see a company take on a really major project such as a sequencer, right. the first thought that goes through my mind is like, well, if it's only one guy coding this whole thing, right, and one guy in charge of this whole thing, that's a lot to take on. Yeah. So if you're trying to do more than one product or if, you know, you have any kind of life situation, anything else that comes up, doesn't matter. Point being is it's a major undertaking for, for a sequencer. So if you're one person doing a sequencer or a very small company, it's like, man, okay, we could wait forever for update, you know? Right. And, and it would be validated because, dude, you're one person coding the entire yeah. universe, you know? Right. So it, it's That's just something that true. I'm always aware of. I'm like, man, okay, if I, if I want to get a really complex sequencer, like how many products do these people have under their wings? Are they doing okay? Because this is a long-term investment, at least for your, because your rack sequencers are not cheap. So to that point, I have to bring up the Fluxus One because there were no other products under his wing. And he made a pretty dope sequencer. He's one guy, and we both have it. Yeah, <laughs> well, he did, he did. And, and he's so, released an update for it. it. Yeah, and he's released a dope update for it. Mm-hmm. But that's also kind of to my point is it's like, well, you know, that's that's like dude's first product right out the gate. And most people don't have the investment to make into such an ambitious product first, right out the gate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it that was ballsy is an understatement to, to come out with the Fluxus one first, yeah. you know? So, and, and I said that to him at Knobcom before it was even out. I was like, man, you're freaking crazy. But it's and then really he was like, well, I used to work at Apple. <laughs> <laughs> that explains yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, you know, I still love my Fluxus one, man. That thing is. No, I do too. That's my yeah. main sequencer. So yeah, that's my main joint. But that's kind of to my point though, is like, I look at, major sequencers and i think oh my god okay i am such an asshole that i will nitpick everything you do like i will say okay if i find flaws i'm going to bring them to the forefront if i find things that to me are like obvious features that should be there i'm going to bring them to the forefront but they will drive me insane i'm that guy that i get driven insane by things that i'm like oh what do you mean you can't go off grid it's gonna drive me nuts yeah we we've heard many of ken's uh electron yeah 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 yeah. i'm just willing to admit that you know i you know i'm that asshole and i'll say it out loud to people's faces you know because i like i hit them because i love them is what i'm saying Right, classic abuser stuff. Yeah, but a classic abuser undertaking than a sequencer is is, is yeah. the long term situation of it. So the, that kind of brings you to the conversation that we had just in the little short time that we were kind of getting ready for the show is the the kind of this trend towards public beta 
stealth public beta. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people will release a product um, that is supposed to be, uh, you know, final product, and half of the stuff, not half of the stuff. Well, a lot of times there's a lot of stuff in in a lot of these products that are not there yet. And you are kind of expecting an update and they're waiting to get a ton of feedback from, it's not just general feedback. It's kind of like, yo, this joint ain't ready, but we're looking we're more concerned with the deadline and possibly the sales. And so let's throw this out there and see what we get back. And that's one of the things that kind of burns me up, man. I mean, because you could end up waiting forever to Inky's point here. <laughs> she says, have you ever bought anything Pioneer? You'd be waiting forever for an update. So small company will wait. So I guess you kind of have to mm. balance those things. Yeah. It's, a, um, it's a weird thing and it kind of burns me up. One day I realized it where I had a couple of things on my rack that were like that. I had a couple of things on my desktop that were like that. And I was like, wait a minute, why is it like this? Like, yeah. It's it's a it's a tricky kind of slippery slope. Man. Well, that's why I always wait to buy stuff when I until I see it in fully development. Even like the ER three hundred one, I was so on the fence, like I was on the fence, like mm -hmm. big time to buy it because I'm just like, bro, this ain't even at version one yet. Like I'm just like, but it's very you know it's stable for me. It works well. It does the things that I wanted to do, so I took the risk. Um, um, Ryan, I don't know if you know this. That was my first module that I ever bought. Yeah, he jumped oh. right out the window like, with the ER three. Never had any other year rack. I bought an ER three hundred one. It was like the only module in my case wow. for like a long time, and I'm just like, well, I'm in. Yeah, Quite I'm a but that's the kind of dude I am too. I'm just, I'm one of those like, hey girl, what you trying to do? Boom, man. You know that's, that's how I am. Steel's also way more forgiving. Like Steel's the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I'm very forgiving. I'm I'm very easy. Like a button doesn't bother me. Like if it's like not to wear, like you I hate a font, but you're oh. okay with like something having a horrible glitch in it. You're like, no. oh, just work around it. And I'm yeah. like, you can't yeah. even look at it. Yeah, no, no, I can't. Dude, dude we walked past his, uh, the other day me and my wife walked past his restaurant. And she was like, oh, that looks good. And I was like, yo, that font is horrible. I can't even eat there. Oh my I'm God. talking about Popeye's. Yeah. Oh, no, I know no, where Popeye's, you were the other no, day. Popeye's has delicious font. It's font that's in context with its chicken. I understand that the front is in context with the chicken. Oh my chicken. god! I'm just saying, it, you like, had no right like, to yell yo, at me. Imagine if Apple had Popeye's font. <laughs> imagine I'm if hungry. you bought like, a MacBook, right? Right? You know what? Yo, imagine if you bought a MacBook point. and it had Popeye's font. I want that spicy, <laughs> the spicy <laughs> MacBook. Oh my god! Popeye's better not rebrand. Yeah, right. Man. Dude, Panera, Panera just rebranded. No. And the other day, I was like, "That don't look like bread. That looks bread. like." Okay. <laughs> Even the thought going in my head, I'm like, "I'm like, that don't look like bread and cookies. That looks like taxes or something. Like that looks like like a modular. Like what the heck is that font? Like I'm not trying to patch up bread. That's funny, man. That's crazy." But it's true. It's true. Hey, you know what? You guys mentioned something. Um, you mentioned a delay, and it made me think of like the delay that everybody's talking about right now. And I want to see what you guys are thinking of it. Which the Mimeo phone. Wow. 
We got to figure it out. Haven't played. With I it I need I need to fighter. have it in my hands and mess with it in yeah. order to in order to feel like oh I don't have a pedal that does this already. So conceptually, have you all seen the the interview with uh, Tom? Uh, Tom Herb. I saw bits of it. I Walker didn't Walker Pharrell did an interview with him, and I thought it was I a saw good pretty, bit. Of it. I liked it. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I like the I love, I love yeah. meet the maker kind of thing, and they were on there and they were talking about Say meet the maker kind of thing. Say synth summit show kind of thing. Certainly, synth summit show kind of thing. <laughs> He's like, the certainly. problem is I got <laughs> somebody something. else's brand instead of mine. What's wrong with you? Hey, no more brandy or whatever the hell you're drinking over there for the rest of the show. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> no, but on the real, no, I mean, like, it's just a matter of, it seemed like it was a cool interview because it was like, hey, let's talk to the dude that made this thing, see what some of his inspiration was for the thing. And it's cool that some of his inspiration was actually the, the, uh, the RE301, 201, or whatever it is. And then there was another delay that he was talking about, too. Uh, the 201. Yeah, I think it was 201. But there was a digital delay that he was talking about, too, which he kind of got inspired by the zones. And, yeah, I saw you know, that. Yeah. The, yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool, man. From Obviously, uh, it, I think it's just now starting to ship, so a lot of people haven't put their yeah. hand in it. But I think it's a pretty cool concept. The more I've seen of it, uh, that they've shown of it, uh, the, the cooler I think it is. No, I'm it's I'm definitely interested. I <clears throat> I made some room in my case for it, um, so. It could Am I the be... only person that felt like is is a tad overpriced though? How much is it? Three hundred. Three ninety nine. Well, the well, hold on. Actually, I had to clarify that. Well, no, because the Corey said a different price than what I saw. I saw four something, mm -hmm. and then you said you saw it for three something, right? Yeah, yeah I saw like three ninety nine. Like yeah, they, yeah, they're pretty much in the same ballpark because my coupon was like what? Okay, because I saw yeah. it for like four twenty nine when I looked. Nah, for it. that's not the like, one. What? Yeah, I can't. You looking at two of them? Nah, <laughs> I think you put two in the car. No, but I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, with it being able to, to mimic all those different types, because um, what they were talking about the the three hundred one and the oil bucket delay, yeah, or the oil oil can delay or whatever yeah. it was. Um, a few other kind of interesting digital delays. Very cool, very cool. And, and you know what? There's no um overlap with the uh, echo phone. Yeah, that's what I it's like. A, it's too. a totally different sort of uh, delay. It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, its own thing. So I'm excited for it. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna buy it this first round, but it's definitely on my list. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, not the first round, yeah, man. Right here, man. I'm a, I'm gonna wait. Yeah. Yeah. For it, I'd be honest with you though. Everything that I heard of it sounds exactly like something that I want. So. I mean, yeah. price price be damned. I was like, wow, like I dig everything about it. Mm -hmm. Um and, and I I tend to look at a lot of that stuff with a skeptical eye, but man, I, I just like a lot of the kind of forward thinking ideas and also some of the ideas that are just kind of like part of it is performance based and the other part of it is just very much like, hey, can we get strange, cool echoes out of this thing? And it sounds like you can. I like, I I like the color, looks, the halo, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that it's going to look real nice <laughs> next to my Q-Pos. Yeah, yeah, it's going to look beautiful. And it's stereo. 
Yeah. And 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 one thing I love about Make Noise is that you can get so much functionality out of so few knobs. Like mm-hmm. they never they never looks too complex to to actually just approach it in a very like in a very creative way. So Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It, yeah, it's cool. It's it, it's exciting, but I don't think I'm going to go for the first round cuz the first yeah. thing too is I also want to hear how a lot of people use it cuz when when a lot of these modules come out Mm-hmm. People tend to all end up sounding the same, and I want to really be able to do a lot of, a lot of thinking on my patches and how I want to make stuff because I do, what I don't want is to do the same sound that you hear in the demos, of right? Everything. And then right. what everybody starts to do, and I'm just like, yeah, it's cool. That's that's kind of like the gift and the curse with modules. It's like, oh man, I gotta go get this module. Now everybody, you can tell that they're using plats. You can tell yeah. that they're using, you yeah. know. Because they, you know what it is? I think there's this, there's this group think of patching, <laughs> right? So people kind of get into, and then, and then too, I think it's the the gift and the curse of module. There's so much stuff out there. People tend to want to get everything, and you don't have a, and, and I, I would probably all of us are guilty of it to some degree. You don't have a situation where you have just a handful of modules, and you get to know those things totally yeah. inside and out, yeah. and start th- that forces you to think creatively and patch differently and figure out every inch of the possibility. Whereas now it's kind of like, most people are kind of like, yo, I saw this thing on Richard Devine. I'm going to get it and do what Richard Devine. Oh, you're talking about this noise? (laughs) 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 Bro, it's like, because that's the whole thing. I don't want to sound like that. And I'm not saying sounding like that is bad Mm because that's a whole other genre. That's a whole other thing. But you, y'all know me. I'll end up sampling my module. Like I'll create a composition and I'll sample it, and it's gonna, it's, it's gonna not ever be finally uh, like being recorded as the modular. It's gonna turn into a composition mm-hmm. and a sample that I make, and then that's gonna go into my MPC or into Ableton or into something else because I'm using it as a gigantic crate of records. Yeah, like that's right. what. Everything is final. When I look at my modular, that's really what it comes down. Especially yeah, it's just, my it's that's stuff that's my sample. philosophy. Yeah, it's stuff to sample because like, like, like man, I'm tired. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to say I'm tired of hearing like alien bug music, but that's kind of what like a lot of people demo when I see like these new modules, and I'm like, eh, I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy that. I got to try it out myself because yeah. I don't necessarily make music like that. You know, I need to figure out, like, what is it going to sound like for me? But most of the time I see people making the same music that it's demoed with. Yeah. That's true. Like, Yeah, but why is that always the benchmark for the demos? It's like everyone makes these gnarly sounds. I think because I think they, I think what happens is they want to show you the full extent. That's it. That's exactly it. I think people want to really show you every single thing that it can do, the extreme of its possibilities. So that you could say something like this. Well, but, hell, if but it can that, do that, that is I the know main it can take my thing that I'm gonna but do. But here's the thing: that is the main reason why modular is not mainstream, mm-hmm. because it does not appeal to the everyday man. It's yeah. like I can't sell this yeah. to regular dude in the corner because he only uses four chords in his music. Right. Like so that's that why. And yeah. that, that's why if you that's don't why it's you to sneak an augmented chord in there. And, yeah. And have yeah. It. So if you don't if you don't make it appeal 
to the public consumer, like the, the everyday man, it's always going to remain a small genre because all you're doing is, is throwing space music at a dude that's scared of space. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you're, you're ostracizing your customer. You're yeah. ostracizing the person that you want to sell to because you're purposely making this music that's in a whole other language that only you and your peers can understand. Modular as a whole is kind of scared of going mainstream. Why? It don't you, don't, you, don't like, you want to don't you want to provide for the, your I'm, generation? I'm, I'm in this weird I'm in this weird place where like I grew up in that very niche like punk rock kind of like abstract group. Like my sister was super punk, and mm -hmm. so like I gravitated to that very very early. So like I understand the whole like not wanting to be mainstream. I understand like that. Like I need that separation to be unique kind of vibe, but the the industry of Eurorack, right? Like the whole of Eurorack, is at this point now where, you know, hip hop, country, which country is becoming way more electronic now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, rock and roll, pop, everything is way more electronic now, and everyone's way more open to like, how can I just interface with my music in a more uh personal way yeah now you're starting to see like okay well your iraq is on the verge of going pop it's yeah. on the verge like lady gaga has a modular guy right yeah. so it's, it's like yeah. the, the veil lifted, it's out there right so it might not be for every little kid who's got an fl studio set up but those kids don't don't fool yourself in thinking that those kids aren't looking at the people who yeah. have a steady job and are buying Euro rack. Oh, they're know? looking. Yeah, they're definitely looking. So it, yeah. it's there. Like it's out there in the public space and it's only getting bigger and bigger. You've got Behringer releasing, you know, yeah. Neutron for what, 200 and some odd dollars and, and kids are able to plug in. You've got the micro brute. You've got the mini brute. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think well, all I'm saying is like if, if you want it to be mainstream, it's very readily accessible now. Yeah, but it's still and, not and mainstream. The thing though, that's kind of. pushing modular forward for modular guys is guys like Richard Devine and yeah. and, and this bug yeah. music and all that, which is fine for people who enjoy that. I'm a huge Bjork fan, but do I think that the masses are looking for the same kind of stuff? No. So they need to be more willing to reach out. And I tell you. In a, I don't want to bring up ugly stuff, but like the last time that that Corey was on Sonic State, there was a lot of ugly racist stuff being spoken in the chat rooms, and there was, you know, we. Oh, that was uh, that wasn't Sonic State. It was, what uh, was that. It was Div Kids Show. Div Kids Show, yeah. So like it was a modular, modular based podcast. show, but there was like a lot of like ugly, keep you out of here kind of mentality. Yeah, that, and, that, and that stuff was downright racist. It was racist. Classes, it was ugly, and it was, um, it was exclusionary at the very least. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. At the very, very least. And and my point being is, is that, you know, at some point, people are going to have to realize that a rising tide raises all ships, right? Yeah. And if everybody can get involved and everybody can speak this more intuitive more expressive language of CV and gate and, you know, and whatever can come next from there, MPE, whatever it is, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, it definitely is, you know, and it, it's just really, 
it's really irritating when you see that like, okay, well, we're going to keep pushing a similar narrative that keeps, keeps something niche just because it started mm. niche. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, I'm like, man, when I discovered when you got, you know, especially Ken and Corey, when you guys like kind of pushed me and bullied me into modular, cause that's what you did. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was just amazing that now I had this new color and new palette of sounds and new thing that can help me express my music. And I, like, I'm all in now, you know, but I never saw somebody like me that was part of it. Yeah. You know, that you know, so that's kind of like why I'm just excited about it. And I want it to go mainstream. Like I want and, it to and that's that narrative that we've been yeah. trying to push. Like, yeah. like why not get involved in and do other stuff? Uh, and even do modular and musical context to whatever kind of music you make. I mean, yeah, but music so got, music is relative. So stuff that I don't like is mm-hmm. not doesn't necessarily mean that the other guy doesn't like it. Oh no, that's that's for me, I mean, yeah. Uh, so I should say, and I, I, guess, uh, I, I guess I should say more uh, more vast musical sort of uh, styles. Yeah, more vast musical styles mm-hmm. explored in with with the use of uh, modular. You know what I mean? You got Dub Station Zero on IG. He's doing he's yeah. doing reggae. Dub. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? By yeah, the way, you have, yeah, have stuff like him. Then you got stuff we're doing like... mod bap, man. You got yeah. all kinds of stuff now. I think that's important. Oh man. Well, oh, this is exciting. I feel like I just wanted to bring that fact up because it's like, wow, like, you know, the the direction that modular is going, right? Then yeah. the I can remember when modular was it was irritating to a lot of people if you use digital in your modular. Right. <laughs> right. And oh I was, my god. At, at the time That's I was just true. getting into Eurorack and I was like, so you guys are stupid, right? Like <laughs> is that what's going on here? Cuz like you- I get it like you know, there's a place for analog oscillators, a place for analog envelopes, a place for analog filters, etc. But at the same time it's like why would you ever want to like push something out that gives you the same hands-on control but gives you a different character of sound like that can we, yeah. is different characters of sound we just gotta wait till kanye goes on stage yo i can't yeah. wait for the- no, seriously, no, no, no think about this right remember when kanye did the award i think it's 2010 he did the, the award. mpc he did the, 2000 yeah he had the mpc 2000 XL with the mask on and he was performing yeah. uh, doing his whole set with him. Yeah, everybody was like, right? what is that? What was that? What was that? All of a sudden it 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 introduced that that was only for the group of producers and it made it the icon for beat making, like the iconic look for beat making. That's going to happen with modular. When they were gonna, I remember seeing Tom York um perform. Uh, I think it was his Eraser album. I forgot which one it was. At uh, in Seattle at KP at I forgot KPX, the name. whatever. Yeah, it is. K- yeah, I remember seeing that, and yeah. I'm like, "Yo, what is that that he's using?" I remember seeing RJD two, yeah, performing with Modular, and I'm like, "What is that?" But again, it was only based in like my community of music or mm-hmm. my it was my still little genre. It, it was, was still, still yeah. Yeah. But now, I, now that I'm listening to records, I'm listening to stuff by you know rock records. I can hear modular. I can hear plats. I can That's hear you know. I can You're hear it in in country. Yeah, it's yeah. there. Like, Nuts. People don't want to realize it. It's there. So that's really that's really encouraging to me because I'm just like, oh, 
it's not it's not going to be how it was before like it's not going to be how it was before because more people are going to i'm telling you once kanye shows up at a show and instead of an npc he has a small little 6u arteria <laughs> skiff case thing and patch and stuff it's over it's over yeah. because that's i already predicted that on another chat a long time ago b-boy tech you already heard that yeah. So I will say this: <laughs> the, the the good side about this, the people who are purists and who want to like poo poo everything, the good <laughs> side about this is your rack is very much like classical piano in that yeah. if you don't know how to patch, you ain't making shit. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, they're semi modular, where you can have modules that do most of the work for. Dude, if you got a, a elements, you send it a trigger. That shit sounds good. Yeah. Right, but for the most part, there is a barrier to entry as far as skill level. What we don't need is a barrier en to entry as far as being able to just simply learn it, like yeah. understanding yeah. what a case and a Eurorack power supply is, and all you know the fundamentals to get somebody going. That's what we don't need. I think right? social media is changing that because the fact that it all people, people have access to all of us. Like that was the first thing I did when I got into Eurorack yeah. was to make a web page saying this is how you get into Eurorack and it wasn't yeah, you, you, know, you wrote a book. That, was, I you all the time. That's I got an ebook. People were being aggressively like, "Oh, well, if you don't know if you don't know the difference between a switching power supply and a linear power supply, <laughs> all this dick you can no, nobody, nobody, cares, nobody, cares, nobody cares about that. That to me, like I'm that dude. I'm the dude that's like I call Ken when I need to know about power supplies. I'm like I have a friend that probably has blown himself up seventy times, and I call him like, "Hey Ken, how, is this the right power supply that I got to get for this thing? I just need to make some music." It's like sixty five. Yeah, he's like sixty five times. I was going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know the the other thing guys with with kind of like this sort of the Eurorack sort of popularity as it as it is and and there's this push and pull of people who wanted to stay niche and people who are starting to find out about it is kind of growing you have all these different companies who are like people in the production community you're starting to see things that are familiar to Eurorack or that are related to Eurorack like CV on the back of groove boxes Yep. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Starting to see stuff like uh, uh, CV tools in Ableton. Yeah. Yep. All of these different things and and VCV rack, which is its own thing. Maybe people won't be super familiar with that. But then blocks. You know what I mean? And yep. those kind of things from Native Instrument. And I think it's probably becoming more popular that people realize it, even if it's just from a curiosity perspective. Like, yo, what do these things do on the back of my? NPCX is called CV. I've never heard of that. Let's look at to see what it does. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, even even Moog for a while, they were putting out keyboards that weren't really too heavily like pushing the whole CV thing. Right. And then out of nowhere, oh, Mother 32, DFAM, you know, well, grandmother. It's the new old MIDI. It's like it's like a trap rapper with baggy jeans. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like oh man, you do that trap stuff, but you got but you got a forty nine baby Yankee hat. Like there was there was a reason why <laughs> came about because of CV. Like like MIDI came about because as you were talking about Ryan, like doing polyphony in monotemporal polyphony mm -hmm. in Iraq sucks, right? 
But now we're at a point where you can use CV mm -hmm. and you can do monotimbral polyphony in the euro rack in a way that doesn't necessarily suck in my opinion still sort of sucks but it's not as bad yeah it's not as bad but it's still kind of like a headache to like patch every time that i've done it i've been, i've just wanted to punch my modular so like i've decided yeah. that you know I what thought you were gonna say punch my mother and i was gonna be doing <laughs> upset polyphony is the way to go yeah so i'm really into like a generative and algorithmic polyphony yeah too. that's where things mm. get really interesting yeah yeah it's that's really wild yeah i think we're, i think we're in a good place i think it's getting better i think more people are learning about modular um and not necessarily just modular just cv and how it works and how yeah. it be integrated because man we have some desktop units that are coming out soon that are full of cv and just interfacing and man it's going to be it's going to be a good time to make music it already is Mm -hmm. Good time to make. Oh, this is this is the new golden age. We used to say stuff like years ago, like well, you know, as people were finding out. Uh, I, I feel like there's this middle group of folks, whereas you got people that were older that were there when the, all of the classic synths and drum machines came out. Then you got people that you know came just after that. Then this whole new group after 2000 <laughs> that has no clue about any of it, and now are kind of being able to live in a time where all of this stuff is here, reissues and you know what I mean? All of this new sort of new progressive school of thought and cool things like Eurorack and, and all these different machines and tabletop explosion, tabletop sense of exploding. It's an incredible time. Right. To be a Corey, Corey, the fact that we are way past the rhythm wolf when it comes yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know if you really think about it, if you oh. really think about it, the rhythm wolf was such a beautiful thing for all of us because yes. there was a point where analog and it's still kind of there, but analog is just a selling point and it doesn't matter how good it is. Yep. But the rhythm wolf and, and timbre wolf gave us that point where everybody could say, hold up. Y'all done screwed up. Yeah. Analog doesn't mean great. And yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a huge revelation for a lot of people because it stopped the bullshit yep. for the most part, right? And since then, we've gotten amazing synthesizers yep. for crazy cheap, right? Dude, yeah. the Volca drum from, from the Volca, uh, dude. What's it called? Um, Base Station 2. Yep. That thing is amazing. Yo, PlayStation 2 is one of the best mono sense at any price point. The I don't question, know who says the what. It really comes down to is so right now I agree. We're we're in the new golden era of synthesizers. Will it stop? And what will make it stop? Like, will we will companies forget what it is that we actually like? Because let's be honest, the real here. thing that we like, it's, it's not so much thing. analog. It's not so much analog. We like nostalgia, we, really we like, like the sound, the vibe. Yeah. Oh. What's exciting to me is that uh, technology and manufacturing is no longer the barrier. Yeah. Right. The mm -hmm. fact that guys like me and Michael can just <clears> get together and manufacture something like this chainsaw is just insane. It didn't exist like six years ago. Yeah. There's nothing to say with more money and whatnot. You couldn't develop something fully desktop that has 
a ton of that same input control and all right. that kind of stuff because that's actually accessible now. When the DX7 came out or when, you know, the SQ80 and and all these great synths of the 80s were out, they were limited by the speed of like the Z80 processor. Mm -hmm. sort of Cost thing. of RAM and ROM. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They, you know, could, the, they, they couldn't do what we can do now. The and fact now, that man, the fact that the my iPad is one of the most killer sequencers that I have. Yeah. That with an ES8 is yo, I can I can do I still good. struggle to like you are so happy to like map everything. And I'm just like, I want dedicated controls. No, and I feel but remember, we're from we're from we're a couple years apart from each other in age. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't call him old. I'm just saying, I didn't call him old. What I'm saying is, I count the grays in my beard. No, no, I come from an era where I started on a computer. Yeah, I started on a computer. I got into like NPCs and all that stuff after I learned how to make beats on a computer, and then I went back. To learn how to use analog and digital and all this stuff. I went back because I wanted to know, yo, what's this plugin based off of? Oh, let me go use a real Moog. You know, so I went backwards and then I fell in love with the original things. But my introduction to technology was based on computer-based things. And when I say kids now, they can't relate that a phone used to have buttons. For them, a phone only yeah. has a touchscreen. That's yeah. the only thing that they know what a phone is. True. When they see that little ro rotary phone icon on, on a phone emoji, it doesn't make sense to them because that's not what they know as a phone. So for me, I get I get where some the nostalgia of using hands-on things is the way that you process it and the way that you create. It's not necessarily the way that I create all the time because I, I kind of started on like a, a grid on a doll. You know, and that's kind of where things uh, have have started for me. So I get it. Um, and you're old, so <laughs> let's throw that in there too. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I, the the beat step controller, I mapped it completely out, mm -hmm. made my own uh, label setup mm -hmm. for my sub my uh, sub fatty. And that prevented me from having to get a sub thirty seven, so I'm okay with that. Like, like I'm okay with mapping stuff. Yeah, and, but you also drilled I, holes into your sub fatty, right? What's to, that? You also drilled like the panel and, and <laughs> did all this. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, no, like I, I it, it's just nice in this era that we're able to, um, you know, to realize these physical solutions to yeah to music making and that. The golden era might not go away. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's only going to get better because technology is just getting better. Better parts are coming out. You see where digital goes from here on out, dude. Okay. You know, you know, digital to me is already super dope. I think I look at things like the Digitone, right, from Electron. Mm -hmm. That thing is one of the dopest, like little FM, like. But even that's fairly budget at its price point. Yeah, like I'm saying, like when you. When people get past the the analog um, the analog selling point, right? We just need all the old all the old people need to extent, go. Right? They just need they're gonna they're gonna leave. They're gonna disappear. All the but old when people. you drop like a three grand on a dedicated like something, let's say like the um, the Elisis Ion. You remember mm -hmm. that that nope. 
I, not I loved it. Face, straight up, or or even the uh the Waldorf, uh not Waldorf, uh Studio Logic Sledge, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's a knob per function kind of layout, mm-hmm. just like analog. But you put flagship, top of the line processors in this. Yeah. Thing, right. That's when people are going to be like, oh, like their minds are going to blow. Well, it's happening now. Look at what's happening with the peak and with the summit. Right. You but that's, the, that's only in sections of the synth. Yeah. No, but but it's showing us that, oh, those oscillators are digital. What? And they can do so much more. Yeah, exactly. The range on those things is like nuts. I dude, I I'm like, it doesn't matter. I don't need and you know what? I don't ever need to use an analog oscillator again because oh. I know that there's digital code that sounds just as good. What? Speaking of, we're going to do an alternate firmware for this uh, chainsaw that is like a um, a basic oscillator, if you will. So mm-hmm. uh, same like uh, tuning functionality, um, but with uh, like an FM attenuator and oh, uh, oh, like wow. a a, th- a wave shape output and a sub oscillator. Um, and a bunch of uh, CV inputs. And uh, we've been dem- trying it out at home with like a couple of them. And the the clock speed on these guys is is high enough that you can do full audio rate FM, uh, just yeah. like with an analog oscillator, but things stay in perfect tune. So oh, I think there yeah. is a lot of advantage to using uh, digital oscillators, even in scenarios where you would kind of traditionally use an analog oscillator. So yeah, totally agree. that's cool. That's yeah, really, really cool. Doors. Well, Thank you for coming on, forward. by the way. Yeah, we're yeah, thank you so much it. for coming on. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a good conversation, Ryan, and, and everybody. It's been a really good conversation. I had a couple other topics I wanted to get to, but I think the conversation was very organic and, and just interesting, and we touched on some good things, and I'm glad we, we had a great guest who uh, was – really a part of the conversation and and introduce some nice new modules man so oh, yeah uh, ryan anything you want to say in closing I'm, I'm and by the way i'm looking forward to meet you in person at knobcon and getting a chance to demo your your modules so that's going to be fun yeah i can't wait to see you guys there and anyone else who's watching at knobcon um michael and i'll both be there both days nice um and yeah, check out our website, acidraintechnology.com, for more kind of easily readable details about these new modules. And uh, hey, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in Seattle next week. Oh so, really? So uh, where can I go mess with those with that switchblade? Is it is it on display anywhere? Any uh, shops? His back door is open. Yeah, right. Yeah. He'll leave the Patchworks is a great store. Okay, uh, cool. I'm gonna check that out. Store in uh in Seattle. I don't know for sure if they have a switchblade out on. I'll call the- them up. I'll see what's up. They yeah. can bring one out. They'll patch yeah. it up. Yeah, all good. Sweet. Oh, yeah. thanks yeah. so much, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, you, Ryan. yeah thanks for about the switchblade and and also how these guys are all using it because I know yeah. they talk about it to me a lot. Yeah, like, I want to get another one. I might in- get another one. Please do. Yeah. Like Aaron and, and Steele and, and uh Corey have all been we've we've actually all kind of organized our our live showcases, which yeah. are pretty much for the most part, I think they're all six U. Yeah. Um, yeah. Six U cases. So they're fairly small. 
and that's where like switchblade seems to be kind of reigning yeah. king is in yeah. efficiency so cool really dope really well, dope. It's so exciting to hear how you guys use it and yeah that's what that's what keeps us motivated to keep making more modules it's just kind of hearing from from people in the wild uh doing incredible creative things with them so yeah no doubt yeah, man Keep making great tools, man. The yeah, man. We have you on again. You, and, will, uh, you will see purchase orders coming in for me. <laughs> like, and, 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 and like, like, man, what's up with this guy? Oh, there's 20 navigators. <laughs> the navigate, the navigate, I'm gonna call it a shank though. Like, I don't care. The shank? Yeah, I like the that. navigator is cool. The navigator is definitely nuts. Cool. Yeah. And, and you'll have you'll have the navigator at Napcom for sale as well, right? Yes, yeah, we should have Very both cool. the navigator and the chainsaw. I don't know about navigator kits yet. We have okay. to pack mm -hmm. those, but yeah, we can figure I it out. Love, I do love building stuff. So if you wanna if you want to beta test a kit, no, yeah. I love building stuff. Cool. No so yo, uh yeah, we're gonna take it out and actually speaking of building stuff, I was I was uh over with the SoCal Sense Society. You got that uh, sweet sixteen last night. Yeah, I got it halfway built. Um so All right, hold on. I think Ryan's got to run. Yeah, I got to yeah. run. You got to get All out right. of here. All right, we'll yeah. see you later, Ryan. You, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Maybe you, Ryan. A more minutes to, to after Ryan drops off, and uh, we'll do a couple things. But thanks, Ryan. So yeah, I just wanted to say that yeah, the SoCal Sense Society is is a dope thing, just because you know not everybody is uh, into or proficient with building modules and stuff. And typically when you get a kit, obviously the kit is much cheaper than the module already mm -hmm. built. So it was cool to kind of be around other people that are kind of into the same thing and uh, different pitfalls and, and advices and stuff. So that was kind of cool. And I can easily see the Navigator being something that we build at another point. Um, before we get out of here, I wanted to shout out to uh, Datacult Audio. Well, yeah. And just tell everybody that I did a, a beat set, a mod bap beat set. It's like 45 minutes of, of a mod bap set that I did for Datacult Audio. And uh, yeah, just search B-Boy Tech and Datacult Audio. You can go to Datacult Audio on Instagram or, or YouTube and uh, uh, SoundCloud and all of that. And you'll see last Saturday was when my episode dropped, where it's like 45 minutes of a mod bap uh, joint that I did. So. Should be pretty fun. Go check it out. It's uh, anybody got anything else on the way out? Nah, man. Just uh, I'm on, I'm on a little break right now. You already know, man. Just trying to take it easy. I hear you, man. Happy, happy anniversary, bro. Yeah, I got a I got a record dropping in September. Uh, yeah, I've just been posting uh music every day, little pieces of it, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm excited mm -hmm. to drop it in September. Like, yeah. What's up? Finally, I've never done anything for myself. Put anything out. That's what's up. So, um, it's, it's, a, it's an introduction. It's an introduction to to like twenty years worth of music that I have on my hard drive. And the world said, "Amen." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And uh, Aaron, you got anything? Oh uh, man, you know I'm just out here. I'm excited <laughs> about uh, NopCon. I'm gonna be having a table there, so Dope. come come say hi. And um, talk about Afro-Rack, talk about Chicago. No doubt. Yeah. And I wanted to throw this up on the screen just because I think it's a good idea. I'll put links to uh, the different music that's out there and the, and the data code thing and uh, uh, 
our, our IGs and stuff because there's a lot of musical examples on some of our IGs and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I'll do that in the description. So and uh looks King, like Ken has a lot to say over there too. King got kidnapped. King got kidnapped. Right, so, <laughs> <laughs> he got replaced with <laughs> <the> daycare chair. <laughs> All right, peace, yo. Yeah. Peace. peace. I'm just